Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. You're listening to Room 104's Cormac here. Get in touch 087-6797-104. Now, have you ever heard of a disorder called hypersexual disorder what exactly is it or is it people who are just using that as an excuse to go and uh, sleep around and act in various different ways apparently there may be a biological basis for this hypersexuality disorder involving certain hormones not operating properly uh, recently a, a research group over in Sweden have looked into this have looked into different ways in which uh, our body might be regulating different hormones that might lead to different behaviours to come on to talk a little bit more about that research that happened Adrian Bostrom from the Uppsala University in Sweden thank you very much for joining us today how are you sir? Hi, thank you for letting me on the show. Um, no, I'm fine, thank you. Uh, happy to be on the on the show. Brilliant, yeah. Um, I suppose, what exactly is, this was question number one, hypersexual disorder? What, what is it and what does it kind of look like when it's presented in people? Aha, uh-huh. um, well, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, as defined in the, um, by the World Health Organization, uh, briefly, it's uh, a persistent pattern of failure to, to control intense sexual urges um, that basically uh, becomes the central focus of the person's life, causing them to neglect health and personal interests. Um, and you need the symptoms to be present for six months or more. And they, it's very important that they're as- associated with a marked distress or significant impairment in important areas of functioning, for example, causing a person to, to lose their job or uh, have significant problems within the family as a cause of, of um, the sexual behavior. So would some, let's say, specific examples would be people who might be unfaithful in a marriage or are constantly, uh, I don't want to, you know, playing away from home or whatever, your traditional idea of what a sex addict might be, is that, would that be similar enough to what a hypersexual disorder is? Um, it, it, it could be. Um, um, it, the, the important um, thing um, that um, differentiates Two is uh, that immoral um, sort of sexual activity is not a cause for this diagnosis, uh, but rather it is the person's own experience of um, impairment that, that makes for the diagnosis. So the person that sort of engages in these activities um, has to ex- experience significant distress uh, or impairment in, in their daily life. Um, and it's important that this um, is then subjectively or objectively confirmed, for example, by losing their jobs or 
having significant social difficulties or problems with the, within their families as a result of this um, this disorder. So um, that, that's a long long answer to your question. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, not, um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to excuse, as I said, any of those sort of immoral behaviour where if someone's listening right now and they're, they're doing the dirt on their other half, they can't just say, oh, I've, I've, a, I've a genetic disorder or I have a disease, you can't give out to me. It's, it's people who are trying to stop or trying to manage this behaviour and are just don't seem to be able to. Exactly, that is, that is correct. It's, it's a, a more of a compulsive behavioural disorder and um, uh, people who, for example, uh, in... I suppose um, uh, cheat on their spouses or such um, it could do so uh, having hypersexual disorder, but it could also do so not having hypersexual disorder. So we're not really in a situation where we can make any any mm. statement about that. So then, what then was your research looking at, um, kind of trying to explore some of the biological? Uh, processes that might be a play in hypersexual disorder. Exactly. So we were looking at genetic hallmarks that might uh, set the diagnosis hypersexual disorder apart from the uh, normal healthy individuals with sort of um, regular sexual behavior. And we identified a a specific microRNA, a genetic hallmark, which is believed to regulate uh, the functions of uh, the, the so-called cuddle hormone, oxytocin, uh, which is involved in um, social bonding and pair formation and, and our perception of arousal, for example. Mm. Um, and we also um, demonstrate in some of our unpublished research that hypersexual disorder patients have higher levels of oxytocin. Um, and after um, successful treatment with cognitive behavior therapy, these levels of oxytocin are reduced to, to that of um, people who do not suffer from the condition. So oxytocin appears to play an integral role in, in hypersexual disorder. And this is quite intriguing as it opens up the opportunity for um, doing further research about potential treatment options involving uh, oxytocin regulating drug therapy, for example, which might be of some use to these patients. It's interesting that cognitive CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy actually had a an, an impact on the hormone levels. I find that kind of fascinating that just from managing your own thoughts that people were able to decrease those levels. Exactly. So, so the question is, um, is the oxytocin... Um, the elevated oxytocin levels caused by by increased sexual activity in itself, uh, and then perhaps the um, therapy uh, leads to reduced sexual activity and therefore lower oxytocin levels. This, this is an option we're exploring, um, but there, there could be uh, alternative explanations to this, of course, as well. So it's, it's a bit too soon to say for sure. So after doing this, is it? I know you worked with about uh, sixty people who have been diagnosed with the disorder um, and saw some different uh, things that have come out of that research in and seen some positive results with cognitive behavioral therapy. Is there anything in particular that you're, you know, the next line of research that you're going to be looking into will focus on in particular with regarding the uh, hypersexual disorder? Um, right now, we're um, very intrigued to to, um, to further develop this um, cognitive behavioral therapy, which has been uh, quite efficient in, in treating this condition, at least in the patients that have been studied so far. We're also interested in um, taking this research further by 
um, studying the effects of uh, oxytocin-regulating drug therapy in response to hypersexual disorder. Um, and um, I think this is where, where, where um, some of the research is going. Um, for me personally, I'm interested in the uh, genetic aspects of these findings. Uh, the genetic marker that we identified is known to regulate several hundred different genes involved in the oxytocin mm. system in the brain. Uh, and I want to explore, explore this a bit further, um, the way this is ac- actually functioning in, in the brain. Well, um, Adrian, thanks a million for giving up your time this evening. As I said, it's a fascinating area of research that I think more and more people are going to be interested in, in looking into. Would you recommend where would be the best place for people to maybe have a look at your research or find stuff that you're publishing online? We are uh, available on, on a sort science network called yeah. uh, ResearchGate, which is, is like a, a forum for scientists. Um, but we also also make uh, press releases when new research is published, uh, also through the universities or through um, PubMed, which is an online central uh, covering most scientific papers, if one would be interested in the scientific details. Lovely. Well, Adrian Bostrom from the Uppsala University and the Department of Neuroscience over there. Thank you very much for speaking to me today and uh, very best of luck with the research in the future. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.